You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and we answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, retirement accounts, financial planning, you name it. Anything at all, we'll tackle it here on the air. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give me a call. I'm going to get right to the calls tonight. We're going to start off in Asheville. Charles, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I was calling to see a roll resistance on a Westlake uh, CR989, and the best spot to run my Detroit. I listened. I didn't listen about the aerodynamics. got a classic 01 Detroit, but it's got some short-legged rear ends, 390s with a 13-speed, and I don't really know where the best place to run it at. Okay, so the 390s are actually what I have in mind, and at 57 miles an hour with the low-profile wide singles, I am right at about 1410 at 57, which is just about perfect. I mean, mine loves running right there. Okay. Now, it's, so in 12th, it's, it's right there at 15, okay. Yeah, yeah, fourteen at thirteen fifty, fourteen fifty, somewhere in that range. Now every engine's a little different, so if you have a scan gauge, you can play around with it and tweak it. But mine certainly likes to run right there at fourteen hundred with three nineties. That means fifty-seven miles an hour, which is perfect because that's the speed I like to drive. Okay, and. And as far I as that, yeah, as far as that tire, ahead, I, I've never even heard of that brand. So I, I am positive <laughs> that we can't find a, a rolling resistance for that tire. Never heard of it. That's a tire. You just, okay. wherever you are right now, pull over, throw them in the ditch, pay somebody to bring you out a different tire. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I know you're laughing, but I'm not kidding. That, that that tire is probably that bad that every mile you drive on that tire, you're losing money. You really want to get that thing off there, get those tires off there as quick as possible, get something on there with decent rolling resistance. Let's go to Illinois. Bob, welcome to the program. Yes, Kevin, thanks for taking my call. I got a couple questions for you, but the uh, first one is, curious about the Michelin Advantage program. I've heard you talk about that, and you've said that they uh, put out several or quite a few incentives throughout the year. I got a truck that I'm not going to be putting in service until probably, oh, I don't know, late quarter, first late first quarter of next year. And money's a little tight right now, but I was really wanting to take advantage of that uh, incentive that they got going right now. I was just wondering if you thought they might be offering something additional to that, or if this is uh, something I ought to take advantage of right away. No, I would wait. 
And the reason is they they're, they run a lot of good specials. They they they're really looking to move owner operators into uh, wide singles and low rolling resistance tires. That's one of the reasons they've partnered with us. And and so I, I don't think that you're going to miss out on anything if you don't do it right now. So I, I would just wait until you need the tires and then join the Advantage program. The Advantage program itself is free. Um, and some of the advantages, one, it, it's, it's the same as getting uh, like preferred nationwide pricing the way the fleets do. Uh, if you're an individual, you never know what you're going to pay for a tire. You know, I, I can call up my local tire guy here, get one price. I end up in Houston. The price is totally different. I go to Topeka. It's another price altogether. And that makes it difficult to know what I should be paying for the tire. With the Advantage program, you get nationwide pricing. So on any day, you can call the program number, tell them what tire you want, and they give you a price. And no matter where you go to get the tire, they have to honor that price. Uh, they have some roadside assistance built into the program. They've got some great educational materials, and, and the program's free. I mean, it's really a no-brainer. But I, I wouldn't buy tires early just because there's a special. There'll be another one. Okay. And then also I have a 13-speed uh, fuller transmission. I was wondering, I, I got two nine, uh, yeah, two nine, 279 rear gears, and I was wondering if it's a single over or a double over. It's a RTLO16913A transmission. Okay. So RTLO. Oh, the over the O is tells us it's an overdrive transmission, but there isn't anything in the designation, I believe, to tell if it's single or double. But we can calculate that. You do know for sure that your rear end ratio is two seventy nine. Yeah, pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. Uh well, now you're pretty sure. Where where are you getting the information from that tells you it's 279? From the person I bought it from. Okay. Did they put those gears in? You know, I'm not sure if they did or not. The reason that I ask is because that combination of an overdrive transmission with what are considered to be direct drive gears, meaning the ratio is less than three, that is such an odd combination, and up until just recently, we were the only ones talking about that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all over the industry. I'm all over the country. Uh, Bruce Mallinson and I came up with that idea several years ago, started playing around with it, got really good results with it, but I don't know anybody else that's doing it until just recently Volvo announced a new transmission that will work very similar to this with with running indirect, but then having a true overdrive gear. So if he didn't do this, it, the odds of finding a truck set up like this are kind of slim to none, but let's go ahead and run some numbers here and see if we can figure out. So give me a road speed that you know your RPM. For example, at 60 miles an hour, where is the tack if you're in uh, top gear? Kevin, you're you're breaking up so bad. I I can't hear you. I'm gonna 
I'm going to have to let you go. I think I can't, I can't make out what okay. you're saying. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. It, it's a little difficult. I have a feeling somebody put those gears in there. Very, it, almost unheard of to see a truck specced that way. Let's, um, let's go to North Dakota. Tony, welcome to the program. Uh, good afternoon, Kevin. I got a couple oil samples I want you to take a look at. All right. Let's see what we've got here. What, um, what year is this engine? It's a 99. Okay, so 99 N14. And now I, I see a note on here. It says the application is construction. Are you running local? Uh, basically, yes. Okay. It, Doing oil field work. Got it. And that makes a big difference. That work is so much harder on the oil than over the road. Over the road, you get the engine up to operating temperature, stays there all day. You turn it off once or twice during the day. It's pretty easy on the oil. The starting and stopping and turning the truck on and off and the temperature differences and we get the oil up to temperature, then it cools off. All those things are much, much harder on the oil. And so uh, you're doing this by miles? So we have 873,000 miles. Yeah, okay. And yes. So on the sample that was taken in October, how many miles do you think we're on the oil? It says 13,000. Is that probably correct? Well, on that first sample, I bought the truck, and I was at the owner said that there was 5,000 miles on the oil and bought the truck. Okay. So I ran it for a while and then pulled the sample. Got it. Okay. And well, the so good news is guess on that first sample. Yeah. Okay. The good news is this is a really, really clean looking sample. And, and this is what I expect from an N14. They're a clean burning engine. Uh, as much as I complain about the ISX, the N14 was just a real workhorse. Very, very few problems with this engine. And, and this is a good one. I mean, you have no fuel dilution, Little bit of soot, nothing to be concerned about. Uh, no wear metals to speak of. This is a great looking sample. So this engine's running really well. That uh, two point five and two point three on fuel dilution is okay, then. Yeah, that's virtually zero, especially in an operation like yours, because with all the stop and go, we expect to see a little bit of fuel dilution, and this is a tiny little bit. Nothing to be concerned about at all. Uh, this doesn't indicate any kind of a mechanical problem. So just keep doing what you're doing. I've got to get to a break. We will be right back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. I'm going to uh, get right back to the phone calls. Let's go to Michigan. George, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Kevin. Um, I spoke with you a few months ago. I got your program. Um, took a little bit of a leap of faith. I got a $500 deposit down on a truck. Uh, it's under a $10,000 truck. Um, I got arrangements made with the guy I'm buying it from that we're actually not going to complete the transaction until after the first of the year so that it's going to put everything tax-wise for next year and I can start January 1st time to do. In the process of checking out different carriers, trying to find the right one to get on, and it is a 2000 Volvo. It does have the Series 60 Detroit, a little bit higher mileage. It has, I don't remember exact, it's either 1.2 or 1.4. And I was wondering if what the requirements would be or how to figure you could be a candidate for your mentoring program. Uh, well, yes, you would certainly be a candidate. And the way that works is we just uh, we have a form that you fill out that gives us some background on you, some idea of about your operation, what you'd like to accomplish, the areas that you might need some help with. And then we send out that email to our mentoring team and we let people choose, uh, you know, what who they want to help out and what projects they want to get involved with. So, yeah, certainly. Uh, you're eligible, and when we finish with the call today, I'll get you back over to Lisa, and we'll get that process started. Okay. And uh, other than it, that, until I get more information, not too many more questions. Got it. Well, I. I um, oh well, let me. Did you have another question? Uh, well, I just more of a comment to see if you'd agree with it or not. Um. I did talk with my local credit union, and I am going to take a loan to pay for the truck just so that the money I have saved up I can use as my operating capital. And the same thing you're talking about, it's under 10000 I hope within no more than six months to have it paid for, and at the same time I want to use that to help boost my credit a little bit better. Got it. Now, that, that, that all sounds like a plan. The one thing I would have you do is I, I prefer not to borrow the money till you need the money. So you could certainly go down and talk to the credit union, but the way I would rather see this structured, you said you have your own cash, you just don't want to use it. I think you should use it. Have the loan approved like a line of credit and just have the line of credit sitting there and then use your own cash. That way we don't incur any interest fees if we don't need to. Now, if you get into a bind and you're running short on your cash, you have the credit line you can go tap, but only get as much as you need. And there's a good chance you'll be able to, to structure this with cash flow only and you won't have to borrow the money or Borrow as little as possible and use your cash. It really doesn't make any sense to have our cash sitting around in today's world. You can't even earn 1%. So use your cash in the business. Have a line of credit for an emergency. Let's, uh, let's go to Washington. RJ, welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon. 
I had a had a question on uh I got a C twelve and about a week ago uh Jake Brakes seemed to only be holding me back about half as much on my heavy haul truck here in the northwest and um then uh this early this morning when I was driving through just a little bit past Ontario on eighty four um they seem to be working for about five or ten seconds like they normally would. The uh, boost was up, you know, and then all of a sudden it went back to its normal, well, now new normal, uh, not holding me back, and the boost seemed to drop almost in half. Okay. So I was just wondering, do you think that might be some type of an electrical problem? How many stages do you have on yours? Do you have a three-stage yeah. Okay. So in a three stage, you know, on, on level three, we're, we're retarding all six cylinders. Level two, we're retarding four. Level one, we're retarding two of the six. And that's why there's a different uh, amount of braking power. Does it feel like that not all six are activating? Does it feel like you've just got it set on level one or two instead? Yeah, it seems like like when I drive down uh, Lookout Pass before, I would maybe uh, go down and only have to touch the brakes about every mile. And now uh, when I go down Lookout, it's like every couple hundred yards. Okay. So two things can happen. Over time, the Jake brake will lose efficiency and it won't be as strong as it used to be, but that tends to happen gradually over time. And then we can go back in and we can rebuild the the Jake brakes themselves and, and bring them back to that full power. But it sounds to me, yours is, is an electrical problem. And it sounds to me like you're losing that third stage. It sounds like you're getting either first or second stage activation. And then whatever happened that one time, it sounds like you got the full third stage, but, but it's not consistent. So I think this is an electrical problem. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I had an outer frame done about 10 months ago. And so that's what I was thinking is maybe because of this morning, what happened, it might be electrical. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds more like electrical. Like I say, when they, over time they'll deteriorate, but that doesn't sound like what yours is doing. It sounds like yours is, is coming off of that level three and you're not getting the full uh, effect from all six cylinders. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Charlie, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Good. What's on your mind today? Well, my wife and I are kind of having a disagreement here. Uh, I bought the trucks, and I'm trying to stick it out till next year for an extra uh, 20 days of vacation. But she thinks I should just leave because the place is driving me nuts where I work. Could you explain that part of uh, this time of year to her? Uh, for trucking? Yes. Yeah. So, so the the question is, I just want to make sure I'm I'm getting this right. The question is, you either stay with the company that you're at right now as an employee and until the end of the year, right? Until January. Is that yeah. correct? And right. if you do that, 
you will get an additional 20 days of paid vacation, paid leave, something. And insurance for another two months, yes. And insurance for a couple more months. Well, here's the thing. How many work days are left in this year? Not many. Can't you take the 20? I can't take it this year. Oh, okay. So, calendar year. okay. So you have to stay this year and then you would be able to take 20 days next year and you could just take them right off the bat, right? Yes. Okay. I, well, I, I have to tell you that, you know, I am one of those people that would tell you in a heartbeat, don't ever stay in a job you hate. I don't care how much money you make. None of those things are worth it, except, except in this case, it is such a short period of time and the reward is so big that I would stay. I, I would suck it up, pull up my big boy panties. I don't care how bad it gets. I can put up with almost anything for less than a month. And the reward yeah. is 20 paid days. That's pretty big. I mean, that helps you get right. plus, a great start into the, the trucks. Christmas and stuff, too. Yeah, plus the holidays you're going to get paid for, plus your insurance. This gives you a – I, I got I to tell you, it, you need to stay in this job. And I don't care how bad it is, really. It can't be that bad. It could be bad. I get it. But, you know, you're going to get the insurance. You're going to get the vacation pay. You're going to get those 20 days that that gives you such a great start on your business. Whereas if you try starting the business now – I mean, this week's shot, forget it. You can't get anything done the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, by about the second right. week of December, you can't get anything done because everybody starts taking days off and nobody cares much anymore. So you're not even, if you quit right now, you would not get two good weeks of work between now and next year with that truck. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, you you okay. need to you need to wait. Plus, here's the other thing that will um, if you wait till next year, you won't have any real taxable event this year. You're not even going to have to file a Schedule C. You know, just we're we're so That's close. True. I don't even think of that. Yeah. Um, so otherwise, you know, you're going to have to do a business tax return this year. You can skip all that. I, I would say, you know, I would highly encourage you to to wait it out stick with this job there are too many advantages you know all you're gonna have to do is go into work 15 or 20 more times big deal you can put up with that we'll be right back stick around i'm kevin rutherford Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. If you need any help from us here, the Let's Truck team is here for you. 
And you can just pick up the phone and give them a call. 855-800-FUEL. 855-800-3835. Hey, check out our new recording schedule. And you can find the schedule and the phone number on the website, letstruck.com. But I'll tell you what it is right now. Write it down and join us for the recordings. It's every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday afternoons, 1 p.m. Eastern time. And to join us, it's real simple. All you do is pick up your phone and dial a number, and I'm going to give you that number right now. So write it down, put a reminder in your phone, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern time. The number to join us on those recorded hours, 347-884-8327. Now this week, obviously an exception, we won't be recording on Thursday, and I'm not sure about Friday. You know what? I, I'm going to make the decision right now. We're going to take Friday off. So the, the Thanksgiving week, no recording on uh, Thursday or Friday. Let's go ahead and get back to the phone calls. Let's head off to Louisiana. Jonathan, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Um, I have a tech question. I guess it's a tech question. Uh, I'm on operator, on home truck, home trailer, everything is safe. But I do every year around 190000 to 200000 gross per year. And, you know, you spend, uh, after you take all your deductions out for fuel and parts and maintenance, then, you know, like fuel, you knock it down to 100000 in fuel, 80000 in fuel, and 25000 in parts. And then, you know, at the end, you're down, you're down around, you clear around sixty, seventy thousand 70000 per year. And then after you pay taxes, then say if you want to go buy a house, I'm trying to buy a house, and they say, well, let's, let's see your two, last two years uh, in tax returns. And they say, well, we can't loan you the money because you haven't paid enough in taxes. So it's like, what do you do? You, you put more money back into the truck and the trailer, and then when you're trying to go get a loan to, to, to buy a house, they won't loan you the money because you haven't paid enough in taxes. Well, let's just let's just clarify, and I know it's a, it might sound like a minor point, but it's not. It's not that you didn't pay enough in tax. They don't care how much tax you pay. They want to know how much money you have to spend. How much money did you earn? They don't care about your taxes. The reason they want to see the tax return is because that's the one place they can verify how much you made. So that's all they care about. And they have formulas for this. And the, they plug in the formula. You make X number of dollars a year. You have this much in debt that you already have to pay. You have these other bills. And they will only allow you to use a certain percentage of your earnings to pay for the house. And, it, and it's just a formula. So there really isn't anything you can do about this other than make more money. Run the business more efficiently so that you make more money. And, you know, you mentioned on... You said gross was between 190 and 200, and then you started off by saying your fuel was almost 100,000. Then you said 80 to 100. Both of those numbers are way too high. If you're grossing 200 and spending 100 on fuel, you're getting killed. Yeah, no, I do have a lot. Uh, I do spend a lot in fuel. Now, the thing is, I have good credit. My credit score is in the 700. Well, that's excellent. But they look at two yeah. things. Here's the thing. You could have a credit score of 840, 
but nobody's going to let you buy a half million dollar house if you only earn twenty five thousand dollars a year. Your credit score yeah, is excellent. Yeah, they know you're fine. they know you're responsible. They know you pay your bills and you pay your bills on time by your credit score, but they also need to know that you have enough money to afford that house. And that's what their formulas are for. And that's what they're calculating. They're saying, well, here's how much money you make. Here's how much money we'll lend you. We're not going to lend you any more than this because we don't think you'd be able to pay it back. Yeah. The only thing they can offer is a line of credit. Right. Yeah. Now, you know, per diem is a big part of those deductions. And I have been able to get mortgage companies put to put the per diem back in and consider it income. So you might want to look at that as well. Uh, let's, uh, let's see. Let's get to another call. Let's go to uh, Wyoming. Jackie, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hey, what's up today? Well, but, well, real first, um, you know, that guy that just called in there about buying the house, I had the same problem. My credit score was 803, but they wouldn't touch me because I don't like to pay a lot of taxes, so I put a lot of money into my truck. Right. Yeah. So the way I remedied it is just uh, I found a cheaper house and paid cash. <laughs> <laughs> that, that works. Yeah, there are a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there are a couple things we could do about this. You know, we can. I, I think his big goal would be to just work on his expenses. You know, his maintenance sounded right. high, his fuel sounded high. He could probably oh, yeah. add, you know, fifteen or twenty thousand dollars to the bottom line if he just really tightened up and and worked on those expenses. And then, if he wanted to, he could get a bigger mortgage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I could have done that, too, if I would have wanted to wait, but eh, I don't know. I'm a kind of person that I don't need a whole lot, and I don't like to take more than what I need. Kind of like why I only haul a load out, and I don't haul a load back because I don't want to mess with it. I don't have to mess with it. That, so, that, that's right. You know, I, you know more and more, it, it, and as I, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older or maybe I'm getting, I hope I'm getting a little smarter. Um, I, I'm living more and more like that as well. Uh, you know, when we sold the trucking company, uh, you know, we did well. We had a lot of cash. The The American thing to do would have been to take the cash, use it as a down payment, borrow a bunch of money, and buy a really big house. I mean, that that's the way most right. people would do it. I thought, you know, I've got the cash. How much of a house do I really need? Why don't I just take the cash I have and buy a house and not get a mortgage? Why, why go get a mortgage just so I could get a house twice as big? I'm never going to use it. I mean, and, and as I get older, I get more and more like that. I have no interest in replacing my cars anymore. Yeah, you know, my car's seven years old, still runs great. Why do I need another one? I know. You know what? I went out and bought my pickup truck back in 2009. I paid cash for that thing brand new. You know, it's sitting in the driveway right now. It's five years old. It has uh, 9,000 miles on it. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I'm just getting to the point where, uh, I, I I would rather have more control over my day and have more choices about what I want to do rather than spend a lot of money and be forced to really work hard to keep up with it all. Yep, exactly. All right, so the reason for my call, I'm a bad girl. Uh-oh. I... <laughs> My customers are uh, my customers are awesome. That's all I can really say about them. Um, you know, my normal delivery and billings is on Thursday. Obviously, that's Thanksgiving. 
they're closed um, through the rest of the weekend, so they're not there till Monday. Um, any other truck driver, they would just let them sit until Monday, not me. They're going to close the store at 4.30, go home and have their dinner, and then come back when I get into town. Wow. How I know. cool. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that is awesome. So I figure, why should I make them wait for me running 57? So I'm in Wyoming. The speed limit is 80. I figured I might as well go ahead and do the speed limit. There you go. So question, though, about my trailer tires. You know, I got the wine singles back there, and they are doing really good. By the end of January, they will be three years old. I just had my Landstar 120-day last week, and they still have 10, 30 seconds to tread on them. Wow. That's amazing. I know. They got to 1030 seconds and they're like, I'm done. We're not wearing down anymore. That's it. We're just going to stay right here. <laughs> nice. It's really weird. But, yeah. You know, I haul lights and stuff like that. So um, that's probably the reason. But, you know, how much damage am I going to do running these things at high speeds for a couple hundred miles? You know, it'll be interesting. I, you may even be able to see it. If you get any unusual wear, it's going to be right in the center. Um, we're not talking enough to worry about it. And I, I, I would do the same thing you're doing in this situation. The, the customer is going out of their way to help you. I would go out of my way to help them. And so I don't think you're going to do anything major. Uh, but, but even so, uh, I, I would do it. I, I would run hard. I'd get there. You know, everybody gets to go home for the holiday. That's that's a real win-win. That's everybody working together so that everybody benefits. And that's the beauty of building good relationships. Yep, exactly. I mean, um, I'm also doing Christmas week. I just, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people that refuses to work. I have my every other week schedule, and I keep it no matter what. So I'm working Christmas week, too, and um, they've already offered for me to They'll come in and load the windows and then take me back to their place for Christmas dinner. Uh, me and that, Joel, because he rides with me on the Christmas week. That is just amazing. I, I love that, and and that really sums up the whole the build good relationships and everything gets better. Hey, the, the music's playing. Great hearing from you today. I, you reminded me of something, though, that, that Larry Winget says, and, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit when I get back. So stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment, so I'm going to get right back to the phone calls. I was talking with Jackie in Wyoming. Jackie, you still with me? Yep, I'm still here. Okay, so when you were talking about your customers, I I just had this flashback to something Larry says all the time. You said, my customers are awesome. And then you said, "They're, they're just awesome. And what I was thinking about was, 
you know, Larry's got that thing where he says, if your life sucks, it's because you suck. If your business sucks, it's because you suck. If your customer service sucks, it's because you suck. And you know what? I believe the opposite as well. Your customers are good because of the effort you've put in to build that relationship. I guarantee you that company does not treat all the truck drivers that come into the facility the way they treat you, not even close. So it really the is. Guy that did the run. You know, he worked on this run for six years. And when I first started the run, they would always ask me, what's the matter? Is Lloyd's truck broke down again? Right. I'm like, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. And it was always the time. You know, he had a 2005 Western Star with a 14 liter EGR Detroit. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder why it was always broke down. Now that that is yeah. that 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 is I, I love the story. I, I, I love, you know, and and. You post on Facebook all the time what's going on with your customers. I love that. Really, you have done the right stuff, and you've built your life and your business the way you want them. That, that This stuff really does work as long as you do. This stuff works as long as you do. Let's go to Minnesota. John, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Um, I was just... I, I really started liking this Audible, and I really want to listen to uh, Mike Beckett's book about uh, tires and alignment, and I was just wondering if, if that's available on a uh, audio form. It is not. Uh, you know, I actually thought about making it an audio book. I mean, I, I have all the capabilities here. I did my own audio book, and I could certainly do that. Uh, and you know, it's some, most of it is just time. Uh, obviously we are going to start selling those books in our store and I've talked with Mike about this. We could turn it into an audio. I'm not promising anything because we are just loaded with projects right now. We're so far behind on some things. Uh, but so to answer your question, it's not available right now, but it has some, it is something I've considered making. All right. So, yeah, it uh not uh like I say, can't guarantee anything. Don't know when I will get to it. Um but it is a possibility. So, one of the things um you know, it's Thanksgiving week right now. And with our new recording schedule, I'm not always sure when a certain show is going to play. We record shows ahead of time, and sometimes we're a week ahead on our recording. So it's not always easy for me to figure out when something is going to play. But I, I, I'm pretty sure that this show should play sometime during the Thanksgiving week. I don't know what day it's going to be on. Uh, but one of the things that I'd like to do, and I've done it before on Thanksgiving, is tell one of my favorite stories. And if you've ever been to one of my seminars, there's a good chance that I told this story at the end of the seminar. I, I, I've told it, oh, I don't know, maybe 50 times, uh, a couple times here on the air, a couple times at seminars. And it, it's a true story. And it's really not my story. I'm just repeating it. And you can find the story online. The first time I heard the story 
was in a an audio a, a program a, a a seminar on CD kind of program by Earl Nightingale. Um, Earl Nightingale is like the father of self help, uh, personal development kind of programs. Earl Nightingale has some just great material. In fact, I was talking with uh, Larry Wing the other day, and we got talking about the first program we ever heard that really made an impact with us. And for both of us, it was Earl Nightingale. Um, The program I listened to is called Lead the Field. And in fact, if you can find that program, if you go to Nightingale Conant, um, you would be able to find that program, Lead the Field. It's a classic, been around for probably 30 years or more. But Earl Nightingale tells a story in there uh, called Acres of Diamonds. And the story was actually told by somebody else. It's not Earl Nightingale's story either. Um, I think it was told by Cromwell. I think that was his name. And it was a true story. And he literally toured all around the country speaking at different colleges and, and raising money. And the story was about South Africa around the turn of the century. And in South Africa, they were just starting to discover diamonds, diamond mines. And and most of the world's diamonds come from South Africa. And there was a farmer who lived in South Africa, and he, he started seeing the news about these diamonds and how people were getting rich because they were discovering diamonds. And he had an idea. He, he was a farmer, but he was a poor farmer. Uh, he worked extremely hard and could barely make ends meet. I mean, he was literally living, you know, day to day, week to week, month to month, could never save any money, couldn't really make any improvements on the farm, was just getting by. So he had this idea. If he could discover diamonds, he'd be rich and his life would be better. But how could he possibly go discover diamonds because he didn't have any time He had to work the farm literally every minute of the day just to survive. And he didn't have any money because the farm just wasn't producing enough to have anything extra. So his idea was the farm itself has some value. What if I sell the farm? Then I'll have time and I'll have money and I can go discover diamonds and I'll be rich and my life will be wonderful. Sounds like a plan. So he sells the farm. And he starts wandering the countryside, searching and exploring for diamonds. And he literally spends years and never finds any diamonds. And he's at the end of his rope. He's virtually broke. The money's gone. He hasn't found any diamonds, and now he owns nothing. And he's, he's aimlessly wandering around the countryside, and he happens to come across his old farm. And he hasn't seen it in years, but the place looks amazing. The buildings are all new. The fences are all new. The pastures look great. The animals are all healthy. And he is just stunned. He he worked this farm for years and could never get it to look like this. And he just has, he's just wondering, how can it possibly look this good? So he knocks on the door, and the new owner answers the door, recognizes him, and says, come on, come on in. You look horrible. Sits him down on the couch, gets him some water. And the old owner says, I I just have to know, what did you do? 
I, I struggled and sacrificed and worked this farm for years and years and could never do much more than break even. What did you do to make this farm so successful? And the new farmer said, well, you know, the first thing I needed to do when I bought the farm was figure out what I owned. He said, so I spent the first week literally just walking around the property and I camped out and I I just took inventory of everything I had so that I could create a plan and what I was going to do at the farm. And he said, the first night I was out camping out back by the old creek bed and he said, I started seeing these interesting looking rocks and he said, I collected a few and I, I put one up on, on the mantle and he walks over to the mantle and he picks up this rock and he tosses it to the old farmer and says, I found these, you know, on the, on the back Creek. And the old farmer says, well, yeah, they're all over the place back there. What, so what? It's a rock. Well, it turns out that that rock that he was holding right then, the one that came from that back Creek was the largest diamond ever discovered in South Africa at the time. Diamonds don't look like diamonds when they're in the rough. They look like rocks. You have to know how to identify a diamond, and then it has to be cut and polished. So this farmer sold one of the most active diamond mines in South Africa when he sold his farm, and he sold diamonds so he could go search for diamonds. The problem was he didn't know what diamonds looked like. Well, the moral of the story is that we are all surrounded by our own acre of diamonds. And what that means is don't run off chasing something before you figure out what you already have. And Thanksgiving is a wonderful time to think about and be grateful for everything you already have. If you have your health, be grateful. Your eyesight, would you sell your eyes for a million dollars? I certainly wouldn't. How about the fact that you're a citizen of the greatest country in the world? I might complain about our government a lot, but I wouldn't trade our country for anything. I'm very grateful that I live here in the U.S. Those are my acres of diamonds. Look around at what you already have. You are so blessed. Be grateful for it this Thanksgiving. We'll see you back here next time. Thanks for joining me. Be safe. Be profitable. Do the hard work and master the journey. Good night, everyone. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.